May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for God's message to us today is just before the epistle, or just before the first reading, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him, hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? For this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So far our text. You may be seated. Dear friends in Christ, <clears throat> today, <coughs> excuse me, today we take some time to remember and commemorate the ascension of our Lord. This is one of the major holidays of this season. In fact, of should be about every year because this is how our Lord left the earth after being with his disciples and saving all mankind through his death, suffering death and resurrection. This event was the end of his earthly ministry. So it sort of would be like a bookend to a book. Peter described the ministry of Jesus this way. The whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism 
to the time when Jesus was taken up from us, these words describe Jesus' public ministry from his baptism to his ascension. The ascension is one of the milestones or bookends, if you will, of Jesus' ministry. The ascension is, <clears throat> is just that kind of milestone or yeah. We might be tempted to think that it's the end of Jesus' ministry to us. We might be tempted to think that Jesus' work of salvation is all over. We have seen the Son of God descend from his throne in heaven to take on humanity in the womb of his earthly mother, the Virgin Mary. We have seen him <clears throat> patiently care for the people who were all around him in spite of the fact that, well, there was quite a difference. He was human, but they couldn't see it. He, all, he was true God as well. He was perfect. And those people, well, they were people just like us. And they were not perfect. No, they were sinners just like us. <clears throat> and his words with his healing touch gave him tremendous power, tremendous ability to witness. We have seen him lift up the very burden of our sin and he carried it to the cross. We have seen him die in order that we might live. We have seen him rise in order that we might live forever. Who could blame Jesus for wanting to retire to heaven and do a little bit of landscaping, a little bit of remodeling, a little bit of preparing a place for us so that everything will be just right when we move in to live with him in heaven after he comes to get us. Wow. While Jesus is indeed preparing a place for us in heaven, there's a lot more to his ministry than that. The ascension does not mean that Jesus' ministry is over. It only means that Jesus' ministry to us has changed. Our experiences in this world kind of dictate the way we expect things to happen around us. <clears throat> For example, we've seen balloons ascend. They go up, they disappear from sight, and they're gone. Jesus went up, disappeared from sight, and we expect him to be gone. But he is not gone. Before he left, he said, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, to the end of the world. That's Matthew 28, 20. The Holy Spirit also inspired the Apostle Paul to write, he is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Wow. 
Can you imagine that? The Holy Spirit inspired the writer to the Hebrews to say, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He has not left us, but he has disappeared from our sight so that he can be with us in a different way. We can see this in the way that he came and went without, well, he first came back from the tomb, didn't he? But where does it say he rolled the stone away? It doesn't. Scripture doesn't tell us that. So how did he get out of the grave? Well, what can hold him? And the answer is nothing. He left the tomb without bothering to roll the stone away from the door. <clears throat> and just a few hours later, he had a conversation. I should say that afternoon, he had a conversation with two disciples that were going home on the road to Emmaus. And then he suddenly disappeared after he broke bread with them and confirmed to them that this really was Jesus. Later on that same night, he, his disciples were, well, behind locked doors. They felt that if people had been successful in killing Jesus, well, let's, let's take care of the rest of that movement that he started. Well, he, he, he rose again, and suddenly he showed up. The disciples were afraid, so they were hidden. And Jesus just immediately appeared behind locked doors without unlocking them. And he visited, gave them the assurance that he was alive. And Thomas didn't believe him, so exactly a week later, he did the same thing. The doors were locked, and he came and stood in the midst of them. But he came with a special mission to talk to Thomas. He came and went and appeared and disappeared whenever he wanted to and however he wanted to. He was always with the di disciples, but they could not always see him. He got used to, got them, I should say, used to the idea that they could not see him, but he was always with them. This is the true meaning of the ascension for us. Jesus is with us even though we cannot see him. The humanity of his physical body, along with his deity, have truly filled all things. He is always with all of his disciples, you and me included. And, well, as St. Paul wrote, he fills all things. This is very hard to understand. How could Jesus physically be here? We don't see him. Well, at the same time, he's everywhere. How is that possible? Jesus is really 100% God. 
Okay, now that I can kind of understand. He could be here and everywhere at the same time. But he's 100% man, human with a body and soul. But he said to his disciples, uh, when he appeared to them behind locked doors, it is really me. If you don't believe it, here, stick your fingers into the na nail holes in my hands. Stick your hand into my side where they pierced me with a spear. Believe. Because there was no ouch. And those wounds were how old? Pretty young. Yeah, they were only a few days old. But yet, Jesus was really there, in body, united. What's he like today? How is he here? Can you see him? Can you find him? Our minds want to rebel about the idea that he is here. Maybe the idea that well, something represents him or, so, or, yeah, maybe there's something like that that stretches our imagination. Fortunately, God does not call on us to understand. He says, my ways are as high above yours as the heavens are above the earth. Your plans, your wishes, your wills, your knowledge, it's not like mine. Yeah. We can't understand, but fortunately God doesn't call us to understand. But he said it, I believe it, I believe that it's true. This eternal presence of God with us means that Jesus always, is always with us in his full deity and humanity. The very body with the imprints of the thorns, the marks of the nails, the spear hole in his side is with us, even though we cannot see them in a way that we cannot understand all of his forgiveness, all of his love, all of his comfort is with each and every one of us in the body of Jesus Christ, sacrificed on the cross and then raised from the dead. We are used to the phrase, the real presence, when we discuss the real presence of the true body and blood of our Savior in, with, and under the bread and wine of the sacrament. In fact, the term real presence refers to the entire life of the Christian. The ascension means that our crucified and risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is with us and for now and forever. Jesus is really present all the time. The real presence of Jesus means that it is Jesus who is serving us as we go through this divine service setting one. It is, he is leading us. When the pastor forgives the sins in, of the people, yours and mine, he does it in Jesus' name. It is Jesus who does doing the forgiving. And it is Jesus that gives true meaning to the words of the Bible. 
When we receive the sacrament, the real presence means that it is Jesus right there. Could you see him in Holy Communion? Can you see his body? When I look at the wafer, I don't see his body. I see unleavened bread. And yeah, Jesus' words do what they say. Jesus said, take and eat. This is my body. Take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant. Yes, which is shed for our forgiveness. The real presence means Jesus is right there. Well, he's with you and you and you. Well, he's with all of us in the Lord's Supper, right? Yeah. I feel so sorry for those who reject the possibility that Jesus is with us in his humanity as well as his full divinity. It means that the bread and the wine of the sacrament, well, if put it this way, if he weren't really present, it would mean that, well, the bread and wine of the sacrament only represent the body and blood of Christ. It means that there is no forgiveness, but only a symbol of forgiveness. It means that there is no love of Christ in the sacrament, but only a representation of the love of Christ. It means that there is no comfort in the cup, but only a symbol of comfort of Christ. Where there is not the real presence, there is no real gospel, no real good news for us. For those who reject the real bodily presence of Jesus, everything that is supposed to be pure gospel, pure good news, becomes a law. The joy of the divine service becomes a chore. The privilege of studying God's word becomes a duty. The sacraments, communion that joins us to Christ becomes, well, a boring ritual and not much more. The liturgy in it gets emptied of its meaning. But Christ has ascended to fill all things. He not only dwells in heavens, but he also dwells with us as God and man. He is still, as he is proclaimed name at, the, at his birth, Emmanuel. He is still God with us, which what, that's what Emmanuel means. He continuously brings us the gifts that he earned with his life, suffering, death, and resurrection. He is with us with his real love, his real forgiveness, his real comfort, with our salvation and his real eternal life that he gives to us. On the, the ascension of our Lord means that the true God-man, Jesus Christ, is fully with us, even though we cannot see him. The good news is that day is coming when we will get to see him. The text for today tells us that while the disciples were still gazing into heaven, as Jesus went to heaven, 
Behold, two men stood by them in white robes. And Jesus said, or, and the two men said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Yes, Jesus will come again, and we will see him face to face. For the Holy Spirit, the inspired of Paul, well, inspired the Apostle Paul to write, Now we see but a poor reflection in a mirror. Then we shall see him face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Until that day comes, we can rest assured that we are never alone. Have you ever been alone? or at least felt you were, we don't need to feel that. Jesus is with us constantly. And we have his forgiveness, his love, his comfort, and his strength. The world will do all it can to separate us from him. It will discourage us. It will attack us. It will persecute us. Jesus himself warned us in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The one who overcame the world ascended into heaven in order to fill all things. He ascended so that he could be with us to the end of the world until he comes back again. For now he is with us always, even though we can't see him. At the end of the age, we shall see him and be in his presence. And those who believe him will see him forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.